Is Jeff even here still? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just waiting what? for the podcast to start. <laughs> Today's podcast uh, is Stack Exchange Podcast number 21, and it includes special guest David Fullerton, which um, most of you don't know, but he is the head of the development team here in New York, where he is mostly in charge of two things, um, Area 51. StackExchange.com, like the home, Stack Exchange homepage. I'm going to say three things. And our topic for today's conversation, careers. Yay! Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow careers. See, see what I did there? It's not Stack Exchange careers. Stack Overflow careers. And uh, sitting right. next to him is um, Punyon, famous um, for um, his do. And, uh, and one of the uh, developers on that, on that team. Yes. Welcome, David. We're here. David was uh, last time you were on this podcast was when it was still a Stack Overflow podcast, and it was um, uh, what do you call it? We were talking about Stack Exchange 1.0. Yes, I think it, it was beta, beta six. Beta yeah. six. We were talking. It was about. it was you and Emmett. It and was I think very Aaron exciting to thing. us and nobody else in the entire world. It's a joke. They turned some of these. I don't pages think I was on that down. podcast. I think I was no, not on that one. You, you were out for some reason. Yeah, Aaron was on. Because I was trying to remember if David had been on, and I was like, wait, I don't. And, and, and I didn't think he had, but you're right. I wasn't. He was on one that I wasn't on. It, it's sort of funny. This I didn't mean to talk about this, but thinking about Stack Exchange 1.0, I've been thinking we need to bring that back. Wait, what? <laughs> After it failed the first time? Well, the trouble is, we get these people like the Smug Mug people, for example, and the Trello people downstairs, who really want to just use the stack architecture as a way of talking to their customers, but it just doesn't work because those conversations are just not on topic and never will be for any site that we're ever going to make. So are you, do you want to do this because you think it'll work this time or because you want those people to go away? Uh, well, maybe because I'm sick of telling them to go away. I feel like we need <laughs> to give them something, maybe some kind, of, some kind of place where they can live in a, I don't know, this is crazy, right? This is crazy talk. Some kind of place where they can live, like it's not Stack Exchange, right? It's like your own dumb site using our software somehow. It's like a hell van. Uh, like, hell, like you don't show up on our <laughs> list of awesome Stack Exchange sites. You're just like, you know, instead of using OSQA, you're using our awesome software instead of that OSQA crappy crap. Well, the, that's why the, the clones were important. I mean, I've said for a long time that, you know, we, we decided we weren't going to open source the code, which, you know, is fine. And, and I think on a Microsoft stack, it's problematic to open source your stuff anyway, to be right. perfectly brutally honest. Yeah, you're always using things that you paid for, among other yeah. things. It's not a great fit, in my opinion. And plus, like, it just wasn't, wasn't a great strategy. And there's a really old meta question where I, where I asked that. And this was actually back, you know, way in the early days of Stack Exchange 1.0. Uh -huh. uh, but the clones exist for a reason, you know. I mean, we, we don't feel like we have to own every what was, inch of every market that there is. There were two. There was Shepado. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. And they're still and around, actually. Yeah, there's OSQA. And OSQA. Uh, OSQA seems to be the most popular one. Yeah. yeah OSQA was the... a fork of CN Prague. Remember the old, yeah. old Oh, that's right. This was Chinese the people that site. copied our entire thing in uh, Chinese, yes. Yeah. Well, the copying's not really a problem. I mean, the copying, like I said, serves a purpose, which is, you know, for people who really want, oh, I want a clone of Stack Overflow that I completely control from top to bottom and I own every little aspect of it. Because that's not really what we do. You know, it's... The Area 51 process, which which David worked on, um, is about creating consensus of like what should we create and is there critical mass and right. when, you, when you create a new site from scratch, you're saying I don't care if there's critical mass, I just want this to exist for my own. Yeah, I will keep it I alive. Have. Yeah, yeah, I will personally, Somehow. you know, maintain this thing and make it work. I mean, particularly if you're a company, you know, and you need to have something that's particular to your company. Right. 
Well, one of the things that happened with the Trello team is they, they thought, well, Trello is 100%, I thought, Trello is 100% on topic for web, web apps. And so if people have questions about Trello, there is no reason they shouldn't ask it on web apps. And if anything, this might be a good thing because we're actually bringing some traffic into web and helping that site out by giving it some content on a, on a subject that's, you know, theoretically completely on topic. And they got a lot of decent questions, but they got even more bad questions. And the reason that the questions were bad was usually they were feature requests for Trello, which is weird, but is off topic, which kind of makes sense. Although the Trello dev team, you know, was able to look at them there. Uh, it's sort of somehow, I don't know, not perfect, um, but also bug reports for Trello or customer service problems with Trello that are certainly off topic uh, or, or just don't feel like they fit in web apps. And I think one of the problems was that web apps was just small enough compared to the size of the Trello audience, at least, that they felt a little bit overwhelmed by this influx of um, kind of random people, much like the Facebook effect that we had on Stack Overflow, but much in a much smaller scale. Well, let me just go over the official policy there. So if if you want to use Stack Overflow as a support mechanism, uh, just an example, it could be any site, doesn't matter if it's web apps or Stack Overflow. Yeah. Um, it's generally not the correct way to do it. There is a correct way to do it, that you can list one of our sites as a resource for your thing, whatever it is. Uh, but I think the major mistake in this case was Trello put put web apps at the top, at the top. of the list. Yeah, they were like, there was a page saying here's hey, where go you can apps. go. Yeah, and it was like at the very top, which is like wow, that's really you're you're because for Trello, like obviously you have some kind of there's probably a Trello for dealing with Trello. First there of is all, a, you there's a Trello for Trello, but all that lets you do is look at um, the the roadmap essentially, because um, that's kind of what Trello is. It's kind of like a tool where you see you know what features are coming up and what stuff is getting done right now. So there's the roadmap is the Trello the Trello Trello. Um, you know, we have our online documentation. We have, right now, I think email addresses set up for people that actually have bug reports and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, and the last last ditch effort is, like, if you just don't know how to do something and you think that there's a way to do it, um, then web apps is the right place to ask sort of a general question. Um, so, they, I think they, they, I believe that they have mostly fixed that problem. If they haven't, somebody should come yell at me uh, by just changing the order in which they told people how to ask questions about Trello on the Trello help page. And I think for any product, you should have your own space. I mean, like, for example, let me just pick a random example. It's like from, from a, a, a recent game. I mean, uh -huh. uh, like, say you're into Battlefield 3. Well, obviously, there's a place you go where all you discuss is Battlefield 3. Like, that's all you talk about all day long. <laughs> Every product needs this, right? Like, because the existence of web apps doesn't mean you should still not have your own personal space for this stuff. I mean, web apps is a an additional place you can also go to talk about that stuff. Because uh, web app is for, more for, for generalists, right? It's for people that, you know, live in, you know, say, Google Docs all day long. Or Yeah, um, but it's not Google Docs.StackExchange. I mean, there are other no, web apps. But it's dominated by the really big players, right? It's dominated yeah. by YouTube and, you know, Google Docs. I guess that's kind of the way super user is, right? <laughs> yeah, no, all, all our sites are really like that. They're dominated by the really by the big popular subjects because that's where the, the interest is. But it's not like and you can't get a good Fortran answer, well, Fortran, Lisp answer on uh, Stack Overflow. It, it depends how big the site gets. I mean, if right. it gets re to, to sort of critical mass, like super user type size, sure, you can have a lot of conversations there. I mean, this was actually a problem on Stack Overflow because you could ask anything and get a really good answer, even stuff that's just wildly off topic. Because there's so many people looking yeah. that are really smart people that they can they have answers for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of side effecty, um, but yeah, you need a certain critical mass before you can talk about stuff other than sort of the top five popular things in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, that's a good discussion to have about Trello. So the baseline advice is you may list one of our sites as a resource for your thing, but we should never be the only thing or at the top of the list. It's like, here's a list of places on the public internet where you can discuss our thing. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's supposed to work. So, um, True. Uh, okay, that was, a, that was an off-topic diversion. Next thing we wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about, since I do have David here, David, David? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. I can, like, barely see you. You're like, there's, a, there's, like, two Macintoshes and a plant in between me and you. If I sort of pop my head up, I can kind of see half your face. Um, oh, I can see on the... No, the plant was <laughs> helping. The plant was helping. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, the uh, Area 51 improvements I want to talk about. Yeah. Tell us what, what happened there. Uh, so we just rolled out changes in Area 51 last week. Actually, Emmett was uh, mostly in charge of this. Um, Based on feedback and based on a lot of stuff we'd seen, the voting on Area 51 was just too confusing. So Mm -hmm. we simplified it to look more like uh, the voting on all the other sites, which seems obvious in retrospect. So now there's just little up and down arrows and a number next to each. uh, So this is voting on example questions. Example questions. So when a proposal is in definition, we need to figure out what questions are good for the site, which questions are bad for the site. So um, so now you just vote them up and down. Previously, it was kind of confusing. Right. You voted them as good on-topic example, good off-topic example, and not a good example. Of anything. And the, pro- the problem with that, I think, is that the sites weren't getting formulated correctly. And we, we, we would see these sites in the private beta, and we'd look at the questions that were getting asked, and we said, this is an awful site. Because they're asking, like, what is the capital of France? You know, like, this, there's something wrong, deeply yeah. wrong with this site. And then we went back and looked at the Area 51 for those broken sites. And we saw that, lo and behold, they had all, in the Area 51 process, come up with a bunch of sample questions that were, what is the capital of France? And, and everybody was like, yeah, that's a totally on topic for travel. And, like, that, yeah, it is, but that's not the point. That's not, I mean, that's not a, the question's too easy or too general reference or, or, you know, there are other reasons why, um, you know, there are specific reasons why that is not a real question. And, and actually not a real question would be a perfect close reason for that. And so um, that led us to the idea that we have to, in the Area 51 process right away, try to catch the sites that aren't going to have, what was the one that, I think it was artificial intelligence was actually like that, where it, we discovered right away that nobody in the creation process of that site was actually an artificial intelligence practitioner. They didn't have real questions or real answers. They were all just kind of interested in it. And during the private beta, they were asking questions like, what are some good blogs to read about AI? What is the first book I should read about AI? How can I go about learning AI? And this is not a real AI site, right? This is like a fake standalone site where people pretend to be having a site. And, uh, and we went back to the Area 51 record, so to speak, to see what they had thought were good AI questions. And lo and behold, that's what they were. And so we sort of thought, hey, this is a good way we can catch that, nip it in the bud, basically, if there's going to be a site that doesn't actually have experts, that has people asking things that aren't real questions. Um, hopefully, the Area 51 process will catch that a little bit earlier, where you have a site that's not actually viable. Yeah. So I think there's some problems there we haven't really solved yet, which are... Um, the, the problem of there's just not enough questions on this in this topic, or um, or at least the people who we have don't know the enough questions, right? That was kind of the problem with AI, or mm-hmm. part of the problem. But I think with the new voting changes, well, one, they're just um, they're simpler, they're easier to understand. So hopefully we'll just get better results based on that. But also um, we're just hoping that 
you know, we went back and looked at the proposals and we're seeing genuinely kind of bad, dumb questions as examples. So we're just trying to fix that mm -hmm. um, by making voting simpler. And the other thing that we brought back was the closed dialogue. So these are closing um, example questions. You can now see the normal site closed dialogue and closes off topic or, um, uh, you know, too localized or all the normal close reasons. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So check that out on Area 51. Um, wait, wait, we have a question here. Uh, I don't know if any of us are going to know the answer to that. Um, Fabian on the chat room asks, I noticed that proposals on Area 51 are not merged, even if they have significant overlap. What is the idea on dealing with proposals that overlap or are subsets of other proposals? They are merged. It's just the process is very... Um, Ad hoc. It's Yeah, and it, it goes through the community team, really. So if yeah. they... They, they really only pay attention when a proposal starts getting through commitment and then they start looking at it and saying well this there's like three proposals for this and so then they'll like post a, a discussion um, on the area 51 discussion site and say should we merge this and get kind of the everybody involved feedback and then mm -hmm. in kind of the the rare case that everyone agrees they'll actually go ahead and do the merge um, but it doesn't happen too often and this is kind of interesting because I think we, we've also, we, we're not that good at being judges of when a proposal is too large or should be merged with other proposals. You know, I think we sort of swung to the left and swung to the right on that one. But early, early on, we, I think we thought that the big proposals the size of the field of programming were about the right size. And so we would see these little proposals that are like guitars. And you'd be like, oh, come on, guys. Don't you want to hang out with all the musicians? And... Um, and on the other hand, the guitarist would say, no, not really. I, I like guitars. I don't like drums or something. I don't know what the case may be. And, uh, you know, one of the t two of the proposals that got merged, and this was not even in proposal phase. This was essentially uh, we had an audio site, and it just wasn't hitting critical mass. And we shut down the video proposal and made an audio video site. And um, that site's it's doing okay for what it is, but it's not necessarily attracting you know, they, you know, there might be a huge audience of people that just do um, CGI or a huge audience of people that just do video post-production or something or, um, you know, some particular tool that they're really good at or editing or some some little detail of, of video production. Uh, and they have way more in common with each other and they have questions to ask each other. Um, but if they go to a general purpose site, you know, that to them is Yahoo Answers. Might as well be. In answering the question, if you feel like proposals should be merged, bring that up on the Area 51. There's a discussion area on Area 51 that basically Area 51's meta. Right. Uh, if you click Discuss on the top uh, bar there, that's where you want to go. And there's also a link from each proposal. There's a discussion link. So if you f feel strongly that proposals need to be merged, uh, do raise that on the yeah. Area 51 discussion zone, please. Yeah, it's something that's discussed all the time. Um, so right. perfectly on topic there. All right. Because the we community team to... does need oh. your help in finding these. They do. Because uh, I know I've found tons and, I mean, duplicates. It's just a never... How many times have we discussed duplicates on this podcast? We kind of need <laughs> to do another round of telling everybody, go to Area 51 and help make it awesome. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So that is now a duty of everybody listening to this podcast. Just like Jason Calacanis, I'll give you a duty, but it doesn't involve buying something. Your duty <laughs> is to go to Area 51 <laughs> and thank our scary. sponsor, GoDotty.com. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, go, to, <laughs> go to Area 51 and find a proposal that you know something about and just vote for it or commit to it. And if you can't find one, just pick your hobby or whatever and just pick something that you think is awesome and that you would actually participate in, ask a few questions, answer a few questions, uh, and, and make it happen, folks. We need more sites. We only got 64. Is that how many we have? 64? That's a significant number. Two more just went to private beta today. Oops, that's a secret, isn't it? Oh, no, private it's not. Beta? You no. can see it on Area 51. What are they? Biblical hermeneutics and... Hermeneutics! I forget the other the one. The study of Herman. I predict that site is going to be a big hit. It's I the study of Herman. I just... <laughs> <laughs> the URL for that is just so hard. What is it? Is it hermeneutics? It's hermeneutics. hermeneutics. Are you guys crazy? I <laughs> I objected to that. It was I, the community team's call. I. Yeah. Okay, wrong. Because well, first of all, it's not they, hermeneutics in general. It's biblical hermeneutics. They don't even want Bible.stackexchange to yes, be an alias. Bible. They don't want it, They don't even want that as an alias. It really is. It really is. Well, yeah. My argument was, are we really going to have another Bible site that's separate from the biblical and hermeneutics that, that site? We already have Christianity. We already have Judaism. Like, we're probably not getting another site. The thing deep. is, if you are actually studying the Bible in the stack exchange way, yeah. you are doing biblical hermeneutics. Because that's what we're all about. We're all about look at the text, back things up, analyze the text, see what it says. Don't get into some kind of a weird, random philosophy that has nothing to do with what the text says, but yep. back things up. And so, biblical hermeneutics is just the, the stack exchange style of studying the Bible, I, I think. Well, let's see what comes out comes out of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure from the proposal, you know, that's what they were thinking in the proposal. They yeah. weren't they didn't call it biblical hermeneutics to distinguish it from a Bible, Bible. proposal. It right. was to say this is the way we are going to talk about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, this can be discussed on their meta. I mean, I don't know if anyone on that site is listening to this podcast, but <laughs> if they are, <laughs> please bring this up on your meta. This is the kind of stuff we like to resolve in private beta before the site goes to public beta. Right. Assuming it makes it out. Right. I think I so think it's a great decision. topic for like I said yeah. I, I like the topic overall I think it's a it's a great one for our system it just needs a better name it's classic if you've ever been in your pastor's office down at the church um, he or she has shelves and shelves of books with you know all kinds of sermons and analysis of Bible and stuff like that and uh, uh, there's there's plenty to talk about there not just that one verse in Leviticus okay. We we have done name alias changes early on the, on the life of sites, so it's not unheard of for that to change. So I'm on I'm it. Bringing up on the meta. So um, I was also looking at at upcoming sites on Area 51. Speaking of Area 51, yeah, uh, healthcare IT, uh, which I was unsure about, but I I think maybe is a reasonable niche, you know, because healthcare is a massive industry. Uh, history, which would be neat. Economics, that's great. That's another university department. And Lego yeah. and Game of Go. And then firearms, which these seem like good sites. Like, I wanted I feel firearms. Like I'm surprised. We got firearms like three times. What, what happened to the first firearms? That sort of died. Mm, no, it's the same one. There was just contention. There was just contention. You know, people were firing guns at each other, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why that, that is. But I'm surprised this was taking so long. I mean, there's a million questions about that. That's fire. another one of the yeah. sites I could see as being like super controversial, but again, great fit for the model. Yeah, yeah, there's the, exactly because people who are enthu- gun enthusiasts are, are gun enthusiasts. That's why they're there, and this is right. exactly the, the kind of stuff that we like to see. The were, communities like to see. There were also some uh, well-known network trolls involved in the proposing of that site. There was You're some trolls. Say that, David Fulton. Oh, You've sorry. Cut it. <laughs> Leap Fire. it out. Why, why, that's right. Why? You have now encouraged them. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Don't ignore the trolls. I'm actually pretty happy about the next 
six or seven sites. Yeah. Spanish yeah, would be good. I'm sort of concerned because the um, our other language sites are very quiet. Really? Yeah. I have looked at the stats. I, on those I, I just looked at the stats. They were very like you know mumble mumble mumble. And even Smug Mug I'm kind of happy about because although that's sort of a we th- we thought that was a little bit of an astroturfed audience, but I think they overlap with our audience a bunch. So. So yeah. the, the only thing I wonder about is something with like healthcare IT is isn't that almost just like a tat like uh, you know a Facebook.so style thing that off of server fault? I think the trouble is that in healthcare, in healthcare IT, people often use um, software and hardware that nobody else uses for any other purpose. I mean, it's dedicated healthcare software programs and 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 IT applications and you know hardware that connects to your heart and stuff like that. And I feel like if they went and asked a lot of those questions on Stack Overflow, they would get blank stares. People would say, the huh? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's not necessarily programming also. Like, a lot of it is just well, operating yeah, I was, this I was saying server fault, not, yeah. not Stack Overflow. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of like argument. it. I mean, yeah. A DBA. Yeah. Remember, this is the same yeah. argument that we had about DBA, and I, I was a fan of it. Joel was mildly against it. And uh, I was totally, I think it's doing totally really against well. it, but it's doing fine. Yeah, I have to admit, if you look at the stats for DBA, um, not only is it doing fine... But uh, it's got the, the the highest ratio of weekend to weekday traffic of any of our sites. Really? Oh yeah, DBA. <laughs> yeah, look at the look at the analytics oh. on that on that one. It just goes like, it goes like ur, 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 on the yeah. on the weekends and the weekdays. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely bonkers. I don't know if those of you on the live stream can quite see my screen here, but it's just like it's basically going from two two thousand on the weekends to you know eight thousand on the weekdays, and we don't have that sharp a phenomenon anywhere really. Oh, well, actually, that's not entirely true. We do tend to see very strong drop-offs on the weekend on every site except for super user. I haven't looked at every single site in the network. Yeah, Gaming but... has the reverse pattern. Oh, really? More on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But it's, not, it's not for... that strong. It's yeah. not All the DBA administrators go home and switch from DBA to... Gaming. Yeah, it's like maybe three to one on the other sites, but it's like four to one on DBA. I think these are, these are people that don't work on weekends. That's what I'm saying. You guys, right. come on. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I think that means we actually got some of the professionals. Stack Overflow actually has a pretty strong trend that way, too. And I think it's when you get people who are actually working and using the site at work, then that's what you see. That's actually, that's true. That's extremely valuable. And, and one of the things that that signals to me is that, um, you know, people always say that you double count users if they log on at home and they log on at work. And um, because we have that strong Monday to Friday phenomenon, I've always claimed that those Monday to Friday people are really just logging on at work. Well, speaking of interesting things I've seen is, so we just started running the new Google Analytics real-time on Stack Overflow. Oh, yeah. Did you have to ask for that? Yeah. You have to sign up for it, right? Well, yeah, it's in beta right now, but I just emailed it. It was great, actually. One of my friends was like, how did you get in there? I'm like, I just submitted the form. So I think they, like, saw Stack Exchange come in, and and half an hour later, we're like, sure, you can have it. Uh, So we have it up on the giant boards over here. The interesting thing for me is that, like, you would have thought that, you know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern is when we'd have our biggest one. Because you have the West Coast guys in. You have the East Coast guys in. Yeah. You still have, like, some of Western Europe in the office. Yeah, and we top out. but And we do well then. But the huge time is, like, 8, 9 in the morning Eastern when you have, like, I guess, you know, Western Europe and Asia and India in the office. It's just they have our traffic's 50% higher than during the time of the day you'd think it'd be the highest. Right. I would encourage people to go to Area 51, particularly to experience the new simpler voting slash closing system that we instituted. It's supposed to be closer to an actual site because a lot of the issues we saw were that the voting was just different than it was. When the site went to sort of private beta and public beta, we saw 
really a totally different class of questions get asked. So our thinking was, if we can make the Area 51 model closer to what actually happens on a live site, it might be more reflective of the questions that actually end up on the live site, hopefully. So do go in there, check it out, you know, click the discuss link if you have any feedback for us on that. And, you know, support your pet proposals. Like, I would like to see libraries go through. I would like to shill for libraries a little bit. Oh, yeah, libraries. It's going to take a while. There were, it's What's going on with that, Bill There was Barnes? a group of uh, Stack Exchange 1.0 librarians who yeah, made Bill, a site. Bill Barnes, he was my boss at Microsoft for a, a month, a summer, one summer. Now he now he's a librarian, cartoon drawer. He draws cartoons of libraries. Yeah, his cartoon book is great. I unfortunately said that I cannot remember the name of it, but let's link it in the show notes. Alex, let's, write it down. Let's look to it. Bill Barnes, <laughs> write, write that down. Uh, Unshelved. His 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 first uh, cartoon strip is called Unshelved, and it's about um, libraries. And he has uh, a a relatively new, and that's got a book, and he's got a relatively new one that's unrelated to. Uh, uh, um, not invented here, which is his sort of one for programmers. It's sort of the programmer uh, cartoon strip, I think. Yeah, it's it's quite good. He, he sent me a review copy, and I, I do want to plug it. Yeah, because I enjoyed it. Um, so David, any pet proposals you want to plug? Mine was libraries. Uh, no, not not right now. I uh, I haven't really looked I at nothing. the I haven't looked at the list recently. And how about martial arts? Come on, go for that one. That one's awesome. I I would have a lot of questions <laughs> since I don't know anything about it. That's right. I can get on there and answer Krav Maga questions. That's right. Joel, the, any plugs? The correct you answer is the cower. Just, just hide. Just cover your face and curl up in the fetal position. That is can, my can answer to all martial arts questions. I also think the poker site should go. That's been going for a long time, and I think poker Fine. would be a great. Hmm. Yeah, that could be. That, that's more for Punyon. You know, he was once a professional poker player. Are there Punyon? Are there a lot of questions what? in the poker? Uh, yeah, well, basically the, the main site on the internet um, for yeah. all of your poker questions is, uh, is 2plus2.com right now, Okay. Um, or forums.2plus2.com. I, ha- I had a bunch of their version of reps there for a while. So there's actually questions, um, or is it just people saying, hey, I just did the most awesome thing? I no, this, no, no, no. Well, some of, they, have, they, have specific, they have specific forums for your bad beats, and like because most of the people don't care about listening to your bad beat stories. Um, yeah. The people who are going to analyze hands and the way to play hands and all of that stuff for all of the poker games. I committed to this proposal. This, I, is, this is unacceptable. Well, I know, but you that's why you you made it my pet project, so I'll go commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's Yeah, because you know about this stuff, man, and I, I think this would work. I know, I know a decent amount. All right, that's Area awesome. 51. Moving, on, moving right along. The next thing we want to talk about this week is, uh, well, the reason I brought David on is because we, and, 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 and Punyon here, is to talk a little bit about the careers. Yes, careers. Yeah. Stack Overflow Careers 2.0. Woo! Um, still, so, still 2.0. Still 2.0. Well, no, Careers 2.0 is the product name. Oh, right, right. We had to do it's that. It's not the so version that, number. It's no. the product name. <laughs> There's never going to be a 3.0. There might be Careers 2.0 was, 2.0. It kind of makes... Yeah. I was thinking... It, <laughs> so there could be 2.0 you can, 3.0. You yeah. can actually yeah. argue for it, which is like, you know, this is the, the 2.0 way to get a career. Exactly. Or you're getting the 2.0 version of your career. Right. But, but all of these are things we thought of after the name. Uh, well, what it was is that we wanted to launch at a conference that required that it be something really, really new. So we, we made it really new. Um, but, but then I think they added a category for, like, 2.0 versions. Or, yeah. 
No, that's oh no, it was new. It was no. new, new products, products from an from existing, existing company. company. Yeah, yeah, so we kind of cheated, and then we won. So I guess and we won. Yay! We didn't totally cheat, but we never got our Lucite yeah. slab, so it's a hollow victory. It's a Mahalo victory. Edit that out. Oh, the fake laugh. Stop. Let's just stop. See, David has worked with Joel. Actually, you've worked with Joel for a long time. When did you? I mean, you you started Fog Creek. I did. I started at Fog Creek as an intern, and that was when I still talked to interns. That's true. He that that summer he decided to institute a policy of weekly meetings with each intern. Yeah. Wait, were you in the video? The the No, that was the year after after the no, video. No, no, that was yeah, it was the year after the video. Okay, year after the video. Okay. One of the many intern classes that? that nobody has ever heard of. What, that was two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, did you guys have a name? You were only afterwards when we decided that to use letters. To use letters for each t- we were like baboon or something stupid. Baboon really? <laughs> There's not many cool animals that start with B. Bonobo, maybe. That's what about basilisk? Aardvark? Basilisk. That's what we should have gone for. But that's not. That's a. That's a we mythical animal. That's okay. I think, we, I had think mythical. And we had caribou. Everybody called the seas caribous. That was a commonly used name. That was their project code name. That's right. It was Project Caribou. But then D, D was donkey, and they didn't really want to use that. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been dinosaur. Uh, All right, this is off topic. We're Ca- supposed careers. to be talking about careers the or something. The point of careers is is that it's uh, well, first of all, we've sort of wondered about that name, right? Sort of vacillated between jobs, careers, etc. And the idea is not that it helps you get your job, uh, although it does. The idea is that um, y- you want to maintain. If you're a developer, you want to maintain one place on the internet where you have your professional developer credentials that you just accumulate throughout your entire working career so that you can show anybody in about 10 seconds, look, here's my accumulated credentials as a developer. And that would include places you've worked and the schools you went to, but even more importantly, it would include sample code from GitHub and really awesome answers that you wrote on Stack Overflow and blog posts that you wrote and books that you wrote and books that you read and all kinds of interesting stuff um, that reflect you, know, you as a developer, kind of like this awesome portfolio that you want to give somebody and let them browse for as long as they want and decide that you're awesome. They might want to hire you or whatever, or they might just want to know who you are and you just sort of use it to show off. Right. You can you can go to careers.stackoverflow.com slash Spolsky. You can see Joel's oh, career yeah. profile. Mine is actually it, not not completely half baked. It's it is three a, the only baked. thing I see it missing. It doesn't here. have any of the cool new stuff because he made it uh, way back well, it has, when. It has books, but it doesn't have yeah, associated yeah, I, uh, I open source repositories. I don't. Yeah, that's the trouble. Because <laughs> 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 Joel right. doesn't actually write code anymore, which is fine. I mean, I you, should, really you know what I should do? Too. I should take in24.c. Let's see if that still comes up in Google. In24.c. Uh, which is my I, uh, no, that's coming up to some Stack Overflow thing. What if I what if I search for n24.c Spolsky? Yeah, it's there. 1990. All right, somebody put that in the holy crap. My email address is in UUCV format. <laughs> Do you remember that? It's like a dot 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 bang Harvard wow. bang Yale bang Edu. That's not right. What about your Zoop clone? Uh, oh, it's it's got my wrong email address. I I there is a typo. In this file I wrote in 1990 and contributed to the open source. Holy moly. Well, you can add it to your profile. I'm, go- I'm going to. Well, I, gotta, I have to put it in. Um, no, I have to- you don't even have to. You can just. Uh, it's public domain. You can do like other. So we support certain um, 
certain places people post code like GitHub and Bitbucket and yeah. uh, CodePlex and stuff like that. But we also have like an other option where you can just paste in a URL and say, this is where my repository lives. It's going. It's going. It's going right now. Do, 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 do. Oops, how do I edit my profile? Uh, okay, you guys talk for a little bit. I'm just editing my profile here. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, Joel's is at slash Spolsky, but if you go to the uh, to the careers uh, candidate search interface, you can see a bunch of sample profiles of, uh, of all of us. Hey, where do I um, add? Uh, I see SourceForge, LinkedIn, GitHub, CodePlex. Where do I add? Uh, and the other projects the last one and links. Be other. I don't have other. Oh, at the bottom of the page. No? Don't have it. No. All right, everybody go back to work. Oh, here, apps and software, maybe? Yeah, you can add it there. All right. Get project. Let's see what it does. Turn into a horrible demo. Project description. Int 24.c. An awesome software library for Turbo C programmers on DOS. Technologies. <laughs> Turbo. Oh, my God. You don't have a keyword for Turbo C. Borland C, maybe? Borland C. Orland, Borland, Orland C, MS-DOS, please, please, please have MS-DOS. <laughs> There's no keyword for MS-DOS. Uh, just put it in there. Anywhere in Stack Overflow? No, it's, it's just pulling from careers, so it doesn't look at all of Stack yeah, Overflow. You're the first person who's put something for DOS. You're the first Soul person creator. who has owned up to, uh, to having that in their past. <laughs> all right, let's see what that looks like. Reading tools, background, apps and software. Oh, the, the title is a little annoying. And, and now I'm embarrassed that I got my UUCP address wrong in this thing of all those years people <laughs> were trying to email me using UUCP. <laughs> all right, enough, so enough about me. Careers. Yeah. What so was the purpose of this conversation? Careers is, uh, is awesome, is the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. You wanted me to be on here. Yeah, well, we, we wanted to do some... <laughs> Oh yeah, we were, we were so supposed excited, to talk. David. I remember. I remember. Down, David. We're supposed to talk about better ways to integrate careers with Stack Overflow because right now they they kind of live as two separate silos, and this sort of came up last week on the podcast and uh, has come up before, which is that uh, careers doesn't really touch Stack Overflow too much, except that well, careers touches Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow doesn't touch careers. Maybe we could put it that way. Um, yeah, there's really uh, the the two things were built in a sort of siloed fashion, almost as a historical historical accident. Um, but, you know, one of the things we want to try to do is encourage more people to know about it. Because I think, I haven't tested this, but I'm pretty sure that if you went into a room full of programmers and you said, yay, how many of you have ever heard of Stack Overflow? You would get like 90% of them raising their hands because I've done that and that's what I get. And then if you said, did you know that we have the careers? They would say, the what? And they, and they wouldn't really know about that. So part of it is just, just making it sort of a little bit more deeply integrated into the life of Stack Overflow so more people know about this. Yeah, right. And also, we could, like you said, really the goal of careers—it's not so much getting a job; it's just showing off your cool stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And the Stack Overflow profile page—if you go to Stack Overflow and you know click on your username at the top of every page—is uh, quite minimal. You know, it's it has an about me, and you can put stuff in there as a location field. But it's it's you know like like Stack Overflow itself, it's intended to be yeah sort of the minimum thing that doesn't make you think too much. Yeah. But when it comes to showing off like who you are and what you've done you don't really want minimalism necessarily no and i think as an opt-in experience that's probably fine like i think it would be fine if for certain users they said you know what i want my careers profile to be my stack overflow user page then that 
we should probably make that happen. I don't really have any objection to that. I think that's fine as long as it's yeah. something you sort of opt into. That'd you know, if you have cool, a lot of cool. stuff you want to say about yourself. Yeah. Like sometimes people just don't want to say a lot of stuff about themselves. They're like, okay, of course. You know, here's you know, here's my email, here's my website, I'm done. You know, that's all they really need to say. But if you want to say, look, I have these, you know, fifteen um, Bitbucket repositories of all this cool stuff I'm working on. You know, I've yeah. read these twenty excellent programming books. Um, here's sort of my background. Here's who I am. Here's where I work currently. Um, mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, I, I think there's we should certainly account for that, and maybe as an op on an opt-in basis, that's what should happen. It should just switch over. Yeah, I I don't know if it should switch over because there's certain things that are on that page that just don't make sense to be on uh, on careers. Like we don't have all of your Stack Overflow history and all your you know your reputation graph and all this stuff. So that, well, that could be in tabs or something or on another page. But I think I think there's. Um, yeah, I mean, well, there's, there's certainly stuff that, yeah, embeddable. Like, that's that's embed what we were thinking, profile. or or yeah. just embed pieces of it. You know, there's actually a feature request. Somebody wanted to just be able to embed like a, a little widget that shows their you know their repositories or their work experience, and you can kind of slide that, between them. Is, that's the way to go. Really, yeah. it's to is to have like a really good embedding story, not just for us, but it benefits anyone that's like, oh, I want to take pieces of my careers profile and put it on my blog or you know whatever pieces parts, and then yeah. we can. We can play Frank Purdue. We can just chop up the chicken a bunch of different ways. Because <laughs> um, it takes a tough man to make yeah. a tender chicken. <laughs> and part of it, another thing, another possibility is now that we have more room on the user cards when you hover over them, um, I'm not saying we should shovel your entire career profile on there, but we could at least, we, we probably have room now for an optional icon that says, hey, I have a profile, which you can click here to go see. Yeah, I think that's enough. I mean, we could do that, but I think it's better to have the the interesting pieces actually there. Like having making people click through is kind of a bummer. No, I mean it, it's just it could be it could be the things that you choose to service. Like I don't want the the hover icon to have, you know, your. Oh, you're talking about the hover card. I'm yeah, sorry, hover I'm, card. I'm misunderstood. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, you're right. The profile page should be. And I've always thought like like this at some point, if if there was sort of our standard default plain Jane uh, profile page that we already have. And then if you have a Careers 2.0 profile, you can opt for the amazing, beautifully graphic designed, awesome profile page. Then I think a lot of people would be like, hey, how'd you get that? <laughs> How do I get that? Right. Exactly. Uh, and, sure. and that would sort of entice them. And Careers has always been kind of opt-in, you know? So this continues with that model. It's not forcing it on anybody that doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it would, it would so. all be opt-in. And I think, I think it makes sense. You know, a lot of people I could see wouldn't really want to put their work experience on their Stack Overflow profile, but listing your GitHub repos or or Codeplex or whatever, I mean, that seems cool. I, I can't I can't really see anyone really objecting to that if it's opt in. What is this thing we have? I, just, I never even noticed this. We have a thing called the Compact View. What does that have? No, that's secret. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I clicked on it. And I got a picture of one of those little mirror things that little ladies carry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're compact. Yes, it's not that secret. I mean, it's a. It was just a. It was an idea that uh, got abandoned, but we're going to come back to it. Which is that you know that we've added all these things to the profile, so it just kind of goes on forever, stretching oh. down the page. And so we want to kind of redesign the profile view so it's. Uh, oh, it works. It actually, it's a, a turn on, more, turn off thing. Yeah, so that that version but has it, them kind of be toggleable, but we didn't quite like it. So we're still working on it, but it's uh, coming soon to a. Well, why does it work 2.0. for me? Do I have like some kind of a... You're an admin. You're a moderator. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I get all kinds of defective things that don't really work for the regular people. Yep. All right. Secret stuff. You really should not make me a moderator. Apparently. <laughs> that's the lesson everybody is learning. Yeah, that's... that's. 
standard operating procedure here. I guess you That's so, David. What's coming up for the career? So, you guys have done a, a number of cool things, like the bookshelf, so you can list cool books, listing code repositories. I think there's like a PDF version that you can yeah. So there's like a there's like a PDF now. generator that makes a really nice our designer Jen designed a really uh, nice looking PDF version of your profile, and you can choose which sections to show and which not to. Um, so that's all stuff we've done. Right now, we're kind of working on some of the stuff on the employer side, making that uh, a better experience. But on the candidate side, you know, I think one of the big things we want to do is um, is make these profiles just look more awesome, like more like something you'd really want to show off. So we think the content is cool, right? We've got uh, you know we've got your GitHub and your Codeplex and your Bitbucket and your SourceForge and all that stuff. But um, uh, you know, it's it's not very exciting looking right now, and we really want this to be the place to to have your your programmer portfolio like joel was describing should you be well um uh, just an idea i mean how many other pending requests on there on meta for stuff because i think we've satisfied like a ton of requests on meta yeah because meta is where you go like if you want to request a feature in careers or the job search um, yeah there's still there's still open requests one of the big ones we will probably do what we we haven't done it yet is um there's a, a surprising number of people who want to list uh, speaking engagements, like places that they've spoken, oh, I guess like local meetups or actual big conferences or whatever. So, you know, we haven't done that one yet just because it seems like a smaller market. You know, it's not going to apply to 90% of our users or, or whatever, but, um, but we'll probably get there eventually. So, so but yeah, I think we, we satisfied the features, especially like GitHub was a, a huge, a huge one. I, a ton of people use uh, use GitHub, have GitHub, and put it on their profile. Um, so that was a, a big feature request that we did. Yeah. So I basically, the upcoming stuff is mostly around trying to take over more and more parts of the recruiting process and the getting hired process, the applicant tracking process, so that you can apply for jobs with your profile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's then, that's a new feature that came out a few weeks ago with kind of little fanfare. Uh, I guess there was a blog post where you can apply. You can uh, kind of two-click apply for a job with your um, your Stack Overflow careers profile. So that's more on the job applying side, but it, you know it's just a, a nice, easy way to do it. And actually, I was just looking at the numbers. I think like 500 people have used that in just the few weeks it's been out. So, oh. so it's pretty popular. Friggin' cool. All right, Alex, we need 2,000 of that thing. <laughs> Done. That we're buying. <laughs> we're, we're buying oh, a little gift for people thing to use that, that we're not telling people about, but that yeah, we're it's buying and will magically appear. But the, the, yeah, the people, at some point, we might send little gifts to people that use that button. I can barely look at that blog post because Nick put in a picture of a cat like on its back. What the hell, Nick? <laughs> like, wow. I knew we <laughs> shouldn't like, have hired him. I hope employers don't see that. <laughs> ah, good times. Is it uh, at least edited to be, you know, you know, public? Yeah, uh, no, it's a cat. It's not like it's really <laughs> anything weird. Uh, it's not a problem. I just mentioned it because it's weird. Uh, there is a question from the chat room on about LinkedIn content, basically pushing information. Uh, you can pull information from LinkedIn. That's been in for a long time. Gosh, Kevin Montrose worked on that when he first first started. Hopefully, it, it didn't get broken because. Yeah, some, no, no, LinkedIn is things. still there. People use that all the time. There were a couple other okay. import options originally that we uh, quietly removed because nobody ever ever used them. Never ever used them. Uh, okay. But LinkedIn is hugely popular. Lots of people, when they sign up for a profile, the first thing they do is import their LinkedIn. And that's uh, awesome because most people already have all the annoying data already typed into LinkedIn. Yeah, like work experience. Like yeah. I, I would, yeah. I would guess. I worked at this company from this day. To I would this guess day. most yeah. of that stuff we just get from LinkedIn. Most people don't bother typing Speaking that all LinkedIn, in. Speaking of LinkedIn, this is the weird thing. Is I think uh, it's just a completely random thought about LinkedIn. Um, is given that given how 
little value people get out of it and how rarely they get value out of it. In other words, they get value out of it when they're job seeking, I guess, when they're looking for a job or they're looking to change jobs. Um, Yet, nonetheless, people still manage to keep it up to date, and they go there like once every four years to update their LinkedIn profile and accept all the invitations that have accumulated in the last four years for people that claim to know you. And uh, it's it's very weird, because normally you would say, you know, a, a site like that has to be front of mind or people will just forget it. They just won't remember that the site even exists if it's the kind of site that you you only need to go to every couple of years. So, so LinkedIn is in that weird position of being something that you use very rarely, yeah. which nevertheless manages to get every white-collar worker in the world to, to keep their resumes up to date. Well, there's, there's definitely a certain type of person who uses it a lot more than the average programmer. Yeah, yeah, they're called social networking gurus. No, well, yeah, but even <laughs> just people who do more salesy stuff where they're, <laughs> where they're working true. with people more uh, use oh, it to... You mean there are people that work with people that aren't social networking gurus? A few. There's a few left. Most <laughs> of them lost their jobs, but... Um, so you know, if you talk to like if you talk to uh, people more in the sales or, or marketing side, they'll yeah. they'll be much more excited about LinkedIn. I think that's true. They and can, recruiters, they, recruiters, recruiters love but, it. Yeah, and they'll spam each other. There was a question <laughs> well, that be. Jeff was asking that we didn't answer about LinkedIn. Well, it's about pushing back in. It's about oh, yeah. syncing after the fact. So you pull in all the LinkedIn stuff, and then you add new stuff on the career side, and that needs to go back into LinkedIn. So it was basically a two-way sync at that point. That's what the question was about. Uh, that I, is possible. I have to look at the... I don't know if it is. Does LinkedIn well, no, have got, a have an API yes. that lets you write to their profile? Uh, not necessarily write to their profile, but you can certainly push things into their feed and onto their wall. Uh, yeah, we you can do that. Out. We what? can work something out. No, that guy left. Well, anyway, we, we have friends at LinkedIn. I don't know. I just... Um, we could probably do it. I'm not sure how... I guess it's useful if you, so you don't have to edit it in two places at once. So we have a lot of data, though, that, that wouldn't go to LinkedIn or wouldn't transfer to LinkedIn. It'd yeah. just basically be your work experience. Well, uh, Mar- Marco yeah. in the chat room says that you can write to the profile with the API. So we could actually create Stack Overflow parts. Some people on LinkedIn have requested that, is create some Stack Overflow stats and stuff on your LinkedIn profile. <sighs> anyway, we don't really care about LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. It's a great import feature. <laughs> Uh, what else? So one of the one of the other things we want to talk about with Careers 2.0, which is old news to most people, but if you haven't been following Careers 2.0, one of the big changes was that it's invite only. Um, oh yeah, that was the that was the 2.0ness. Yeah, that's that's one of the 2.0ness. We made it free and made it invite only. Um, and here, this is just to put that in context. When we launched Careers originally, we wanted it to be a little bit selective, just because we didn't want it to be a random dumping ground for everybody in the universe. And the way we did that was not very intelligent. Was we just charged officially $99, but in reality, I think closer to $20 uh, for people to create profiles. And uh, some people paid that. But it ended up being, I guess, the wrong kind of filter, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So we listened, and, and we eliminated the charge uh, completely. Surprised we ever thought that that would work. I take full responsibility for that, because the ladders did such a good it, job with that. It turned out to be a much higher barrier of entry than we anticipated. Right. Not, not right. we. I was high. not involved at the time. Yeah. I paid. It, <laughs> worked really, it works really well for the ladders.com. Let's put it that way. It worked for Punyon. He paid. Now he has a job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got a job here. Yeah, making that's how good right. it worked. And you do, yeah. Well, maybe it didn't work for us though, because we yeah. ended up with punyons. You guys got screwed. That's an excellent point. Yeah, it was not keeping out the. It wasn't keeping out the bad ones. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It was turns out, kind of barrier. Turns out, keep punyon out. Even even bad programmers can afford uh, nineteen dollars or twenty nine or whatever it was. <laughs> hey, uh, I got three years out of that deal. But we still wanted. 
some kind of a filter. And if you've ever looked at the resumes that come in off of Craigslist or whatever, what, a, what an unfiltered stream of resumes look like, you know what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, God. There's just like 80% in there that are like, these people should not be applying for jobs. There's just, there, there, there'll be a large number of people who, um, I mean, usually the, the problem is they don't live in a country that's relevant to the country where the job is located, meaning they don't have the appropriate visas and they want to work in a country where they need a visa. Uh, and, they, and then they don't speak the language that is required for the job and they don't have the actual skills that are required for the job, but they're applying to thousands and thousands of jobs because it doesn't cost anything. That's the key. Is they're just yeah. spamming ever. I put a job once. I got 450 applications in 36 hours. Yeah. Hours. Uh, <laughs> we, wow. We, we did that. No uh, that was that, we were using, that wasn't the casting, no, right? No, that was we back hired, when I was, that, that's when I was back. Uh, I was hiring a studio assistant in L.A. for when I was working for oh, yeah. Jason. And, you know, it's in L.A., so a lot of people are looking for anything entertainment related. And, yeah, yeah it was it's better than Taco Bell. Everything from 16-year-olds looking yeah. to, like, make their break into the industry to, you know, camera guys with... 30 years of experience in Hollywood. Yeah. And they're all, they all apply for programming jobs, too. <laughs> so uh, We had a, we did we did a similar thing. We used uh, the resumator to list a job for a programmer, and we weren't even advertising it anywhere, but somehow these people found it. And uh, <laughs> I remember I had to go through and process them, and I rejected all of them. Um, yeah. But I, I gave them more thought than they probably deserved. And so I wrote, and I wrote kind of this nice form letter rejection thing and, and sent it to them. And one guy actually bothered to write me back and said, oh, thanks for the nice response, but I didn't really want the job anyway. I was just using it as like a test for my resume to see, you know, how it would go. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, and you know, you know what really sucks, though, is like the other thing we got into with uh, the career side was employers measure, they start measuring based on these arbitrary numbers. Like, well, we put this on Craigslist and got 500 responses. Right. Like they, mentally, for some reason, they cannot process the fact that those are 90% of those were just crap waste of your time stuff. They, like, oh, we got a big number. Yeah, and I'll tell so you why. We, the reason is that they've split up. The, the world of recruiting has become departmentalized, and there are people in the world of recruiting who are called sourcers, and their job is just to get the most resumes. And they don't do any kind of filtering or anything like that. Their job is just to get a bunch of resumes. Well, it's, it's like measuring programmer productivity on lines of code written. Kind of, or on number of like, keys typed on yeah, the keyboard. It, it's like, yeah, it, that makes sense until you actually think yeah. about it. But the the weird thing with the recruiters is that um, they often don't get measured by that, right? Like you get, you know, you get a handful, you know, five, ten resumes at a time, and then you're on the, you know, you're doing your review, and then you're going back and forth with the recruiter about what it is, right? The recruiter never goes, oh, we have ten million people, yeah, you know, we have forty million resumes that people, you know, that we'll send to to people like you. Uh, it's just like. For some reason, it seems like when it's online, that's what they care about. But so, when, uh, it's, yeah. when it's actual in-person talking to them where you're paying a hell of a lot more money, they're way more satisfied with fewer. So the, the, the point that was the point of the in, in, invitation codes with uh, Careers 2.0. And I think the idea is that if we detect that you're doing good work on the Stack Overflow, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, I, I won't say what it is, but you know anybody can earn this by being a programmer and participating in Stack Overflow with a logged in account um, in in some non awful way. Uh, we'll invite you, and once you have an invite, uh, we'll give you other invites that you can give to other programmers that you know and sort of vouch for, so to speak. Yeah, and this is actually it's working pretty well. We, we've got a lot of people um, who have uh, you know I, I think it. Well, it just kind of opened the floodgates to our Stack Overflow users, um, and uh, to get in. And we also added a, like a fast path when we added the uh, the GitHub integration, 
um, where uh, you can, because GitHub, their API supports uh, OAuth, we auth you with GitHub, and then we look at how many repos you have and how long you've been doing it, and we basically say, yeah, this is a this is a real programmer, and just instantly give you an invite. Oh, sweet. So there's that, too. Uh, and actually, we have a, a special offer for our podcast listeners. This won't be in the show yeah. notes. Well, this, um, and, and by the way, what, where are we up to in the podcast here? It's uh, about an hour into the podcast. Yeah, we, we need to kind of wrap after <laughs> so this. this is, uh, well, what I'm going to say is there's only, really only 15 people listening at this point because the rest of them have either died of boredom. They've or, already got awesome jobs for careers. <laughs> they have awesome jobs for careers. And they're like, I don't even need to listen to this because my job is so awesome. To the 15 people still left left over listening. Uh, to hey, we, the, have, we have 84. Uh, Actually, 83, because I'm looking at it on my computer. Yeah, I'm looking on it, too. So, 82. Right, 82. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> the whole office is watching on live stream. It's like, yeah, Brett's in the conference room with it. 81. Yeah, we got nobody. Nobody. <laughs> but if you are still listening... Oh, yeah. And here's there's a couple of people in the chat room. Uh, what's the... Uh, um, David, what's the uh, secret, the, secret the code? The URL is just careers.stackoflow.com slash podcast21. Podcast21. So, you have to be 21 years old. No. Right? Well, <laughs> no, actually, maybe don't. legally. Practically you probably speaking. have to be 13. Yeah. <laughs> Officially, you have to be 13 to apply for a job with Stack Overflow Careers. Yes. Podcast 21, though. You get, a, you get invited for free okay. just for sticking around through the whole hour. Through the whole But if you hour. want to send us like 20 bucks, oh, make yeah. it out to Alex Miller. Yeah. Uh, what make it out to? Cash in Ca- an envelope. Yeah, yeah. Cash in <laughs> an envelope. Spolsky. <laughs> Send it to. Uh, Stack Exchange, attention, Alex Miller, CEO. one exchange plus. All right. So free invite. There you go. Uh, I, I, I hope I, I hope we get one off of this podcast. Who, how many people listen to this podcast, uh, Producer Alex? Um, well, oh, a lot. So we'll, we usually have 100. Tens. Let's say we have 100 people consistently throughout the live throughout stream. Throughout the live stream, yeah. Yeah, we literally have tens of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost um, as good as that time that Facebook had in, that incredible yeah. live stream. And of, then uh, uh, I'd say we have, you know, the average is within a few, like 10,000 within the first month to six weeks online. Yeah. Uh, plays <laughs> and downloads. Well, there you go. Are we on IT Conversations again? Are you yeah. future users? Yeah. Actually, yeah, listeners. that was before we were on IT Conversations. Well, we probably got another 10,000 15 from, to 20 now. Yeah, yeah. So wow. fi- 15 to 20. Those of you that used to listen to us on IT Conversations and, and then stopped because we weren't there for a while, we are now back on the <laughs> IT Conversations. Um, but uh, but they, you already knew that because yeah, you're listening yeah. to us there right now. Uh, no, no, they might have, you know, I don't know, maybe they like the IT Conversations. Huh. We have like four minutes toward an hour or so. So I gotta kill kill time here. Well, no, we just I mean we will naturally kill time. I'm just saying we should wrap it up. <laughs> we have wait, we have another run to an hour and a half like the, last we week. We have more. We have another Stack Overflow feature to talk about. Jeff, you want to talk about uh, notifications? We haven't talked about we that. We did consolidate notifications. Uh, notifications are at the network level. If you drop down the little Stack Exchange menu in the upper left of every Stack Exchange site. Yeah. Super Collider. Um, Super yep, Collider. Drop it, drop it down the Super Collider, and then at the bottom you'll see there's an email settings link. It's subtle. Oh. But click it. <laughs> That's unbelievably setting. <laughs> Subtle. Oh, but I, I, but I, didn't, I didn't know it was there until Emmett showed me. I, I didn't do this, but I got them anyway. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I don't know if you should have. I mean, we didn't opt anyone in. Like, you still have to go, you have to re-opt in. Like if, yeah. So the problem with the old setup was each question on every site had basically a Boolean field, effectively, that said, do you want notifications for this question, yes or no? I might have turned so, that on. Say you participate on, I don't know, three Stack Exchange sites, which is not that big. I mean, it's, it's many, many people do that. Well, you now have to remember, 
which of your questions on all three of those different sites had that Boolean turned on? And mm -hmm. if you want to go turn it off, you have to go to the question, <laughs> go to the bottom, yeah. and say, no, I don't want to see receive notifications for this question anymore. That, like, that the sounds we like had... something that a, that a hotel chain would use to continue to spam you. They're like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. we're spamming you because you stayed in room 105. And you unsubscribed for your stay in August 15th in room 105. But in September, you stayed in room 216, and you didn't unsubscribe from that. Yes. It actually yes, sounds it, like LinkedIn right now. It was kind of a crazy <laughs> system that we had. And I, I blame me. It's just an old, old part of the system. So the way it works now is there's still, like, say you ask a question, and there's still a reminder at the bottom that you can get email notifications. It'll, it'll take you to the super collider and expand it for you and take you to the email options. That's probably how most people will find it, David, because if there's a big, ah. a big ass thing at the bottom of every question. If you do not have this turned on, it'll say, hey, would you like email notifications? Click here. But how will they there, remember how to turn it off? Well, hopefully they'll learn to associate it with the Super Collider. Ah. Well, and it'll we'll say, I when mean, they get the email, it'll tell them how to turn it off. Yeah, the email explains what's going on. So this is now at the network level. So what that means is rather than having to maintain per question option, an email option, you just turn it on, and then it's on sort of network-wide. And what that means is if you haven't been on the site for that time interval, if you notice when you click on email settings, it'll say daily, every three hours, or weekly. Uh, that's when it triggers. So if you haven't been anywhere on the network for that time interval, you will then get an email containing essentially your inbox, whatever was normally in your inbox. It's a much saner system. We're still going to improve it. This is just yeah. step one of sort of getting rid of the old crufty stuff and putting in something that makes a little bit more sense and works at the network level. Uh, and the other reason Joel was complaining that there haven't been enough new features in Core, but like this was like an unbelievable amount of work to get working <laughs> because we had to push a ton of stuff that we were doing about like identity and accounts up to the network level like it was one of those you know yak shaving like okay so yak shaving <laughs> wait, wait what is yak shaving again i forget <laughs> you set out to do one thing and yeah. you're like wow before i do this i have to do this it's like setting off a domino chain i have to oh, do this yeah, yeah. and i have to do this and i have to and do this to and i have to do this yak. Yeah, and then, yeah, you have to go shave, you know, sharpen the razor, and then you sharpen the razor, your sharpening thing is broken, you have to go to the store and buy another one, and then when you go there, they're out of stock, so you have to go to the distributor. It's just, this is it never like, ends. This, is like this was a first... classic yak shaving, because you're like, oh my god, this is taking weeks of work for one feature, <laughs> because all our account stuff was so tied to individual sites, but now account stuff is heavily centralized at the network as a result of this change. That's one of the reasons it took so long. Mm-hmm. So it, we think it's a nice change. Feel free to use it, play with it. Let us know what you think about this it. This is sort of getting to be like the standard way that like like sites do notify you. I think th there 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 used to be this belief that a site should just dump things into your inbox, uh, <clears throat> and that's slightly rude because everybody's inbox is full of sites like LinkedIn, <laughs> which we've already mentioned. That's very podcast. That just feel free to dump things into your inbox to keep you coming back or whatever. And uh, another uh, question and answer site just started doing that today. Yes. That's true. Without uh, actually without asking any permission, without <laughs> any permission whatsoever. Yes, it's it's the Johnny Come Lately Come Lately site. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Apparently, apparently the folks over this is for those Look, of you that I'm listen. To this. If we if we keep working really hard, one day yeah. we, we might be as well respected and known as they are. As the Johnny Come Lately Come Lately site. Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? We have like a hundred times their traffic. I, I know. I was referencing the tweet that you got. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is like too many, too much inside baseball. I do want to point out that um, I, it, it, I I listened to a podcast from the people on the hyphen site once, and they referred to us as the Johnny Completely site. So the the, the, <laughs> the name that the hyphen people have for us is the Johnny Completely site, and our, our, our name for Quora is the Johnny Completely Completely site. You said their name. I thought we weren't trying. Yeah. To, we're trying not to, to say it. There's nobody listening anymore. Oh, that's oh, Joel right. Joel says it. Joel says it every episode. I love Quora. I'm very active on Quora. I've already <laughs> told you I have a crush on Charlie Cheever, and uh, and I admit that freely. And and so I participate and I answer their questions about like what the different color uniforms mean in the New York City Police Department and that kind of stuff. And um, uh, what other whatever other rubbish people see fit to chat about over there. Um, but we were talking about notifications. Oh. <sighs> Every site uh, these days has uh, 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 like a little red number in a circle telling you like here's the stuff that the site wants you to know about because it's fun. It's basically the site inbox. It's kind of getting to be a, a standard feature, and um, yeah. and the idea that if you if you keep looking at that, that's fine. We don't have to notify you of anything because you've emptied your inbox. But if the stuff is sort of accumulating in there, the stuff that's actually for you that you should care about, that's not just like, you know, person number 3026 is now following you or some kind of nonsense like that, but actually useful stuff like a comment on, you know, an answer to one of your questions, um, then you uh, should. Uh, what were we talking about? Totally forgot. All right, let's well, just move you on. should get an email. That's the end. Email. That's the end of your story. <laughs> really? Well, hold on. Right, hold on. Joel email and read that. Great. Okay. Next story. Joel did bring up one yeah. valid point, which was Ooh. the old notifications were only about answers. Like you were never actually notified of comments because that oh. wasn't part of the notifications. That was another weirdness of that system. Was like it would literally only notify you of answers. Period. They, like the notifications be might have been question. before comments. Is that possible? Yeah, it definitely mm. was. I'm, I'm pretty was sure. It? Oh, it's no. really old. I don't think it was. I think we just viewed it as like, okay, answer is the important bit. We're not going to email you about a comment. Right. But now it's just unified with the inbox. Whatever goes into the inbox, and that actually includes, there's ways for career stuff to go into the inbox. We didn't mention that. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of stuff will also be emailed to you, David. That's yeah. another side effect yeah. change. And you can get, there's a daily deal. <laughs> that makes me so happy. We can cut out all of the email code from careers now. All right, we got a business model, guys. The daily deal in the universal <laughs> inbox. Uh, it's like 50% right. off at a massage but, in Chinatown. By the way, I will throw in one thing real quick about Quora. If you want something really entertaining, go to the parenting tag on Quora because it has this amazing set of questions right. now that he, that I'll, I like to call the why are you so stupid questions. And it's people asking these terrible things like, should I force my kids to eat gluten-free? Or is it, like, <laughs> is it really worth vaccinating my kids? And then parenting there's like topic. an answer to all these questions upvoted like 100 times. It's like, stop being stupid like and listening to celebrities and things and like do what all doctors advise you to do with Alex, your evolution yeah. will take care of all of this <laughs> i don't know it's, yeah, it and seems until to go... then it's highly amusing to no, look at these didn't questions didn't you see didn't you see you idiocracy idiocracy just... <laughs> proved once and for all the smart people don't have kids the dumb people have lots yes. <laughs> they're outbreeding everyone Arsh. but yes, then those but if, they don't, die if they don't vaccinate them though <laughs> yeah uh <sighs> well, well, on, right, that well that that was, on that note, that was just a, we have to no, no, excise no. that. Go to go to parenting.stackexchange.com <laughs> yes. for actual, for ah, actual parenting advice. Yes. Much better. Yeah, here we go. I Let's actually, take a question. I, well, let me just put in a plug for one of our own sites for once. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually answered a question there. I'm not sure if it was answered completely. Like I couldn't tell if he was like mildly trolling, but it was about. Did you hear about the hot saucing thing? Oh the yeah, the mom that like trying to get on Doctor Phil. What? Yeah. Wait. So she, she punished her child by like putting hot sauce in his mouth, but like videotaped it so she could go on Dr. Phil as okay. like a 
Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just so like the, the South. This person was asking, I, I couldn't quite tell if it was trolling or not, but it seemed like a rational request. It was like, should I even be doing this? And I answered like, well, first of all, it's a punishment. So you would treat it like any other physical punishment. So should you physically punish your child? Yes, no. Right. And there's different rationales for it and ways you should approach it. But then there was also what I consider to be the cruel and unusual punishment level of this. Like, you went out of your way mm-hmm. to go to the kitchen to get hot sauce. <laughs> no, you no. Went, you have, it, to the you have it on room. your belt. You have yeah. it holstered on your belt. Well, no, but then the hot sauce is empty, and so you have to go to the hot sauce <laughs> store, but then they're out of stock. Or what if you only have medium hot sauce, right? Is it hot enough? You know, Just use twice so, as much. Oh, wait, I love the actual <laughs> question itself, though. I liked answering this question because it made me think about, like, what is a cruel and unusual, unusual punishment? It's like when you go far out of your way to devise the special punishment for someone versus, <laughs> like, I'm unusual. just going to spank you because you did something very, very bad that I told you not to do 50 times. That's uh, reasonable. It's an escalation policy. But, like, if you go create the special process, that's kind of what makes something a cruel and unusual there punishment. There is a lot of questions about discipline. Can I just point out that this person that wrote in there, problem. though I have not done hot saucing, possibly because my nine-year-old loves spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> Will not yeah. work on all children. Yeah, there's, always, there's always vinegar. and yeah. We should try this on Punyon so, to see if it helps. Didn't everybody get their mouth washed <laughs> out with soap? Oh my god, that's great. Next time someone no. breaks the build, Punyon, we... Punyon gets we hot sauce hot in. <laughs> we do have a wide selection of hot sauces like downstairs. You know, we have a lot of hot sauces here. I actually love hot sauce. So <laughs> if anybody wants to send you some hot sauce... All right, put it in the so You know what he hates? Blueberries. Oh, blueberries <laughs> are the worst. fill his mouth with blueberries. <laughs> blueberries are the worst. <laughs> really? Come the on. The worst thing that yes. has ever existed is the blueberry. It's, well, okay. I mean, aside from your management uh, techniques. All right, oh. you've been listening to... <laughs> Oh, podcast number 47 it's podcast number 21 of the Stack Exchange podcast tune in next week when we have I don't know oh Paul Begar really yes who's that he's a coder guy who was supposed to speak at Dev Days until we cancelled it Paul Begar oh, uh, they, they, he's uh, Irish yes he spoke at Dev Days London on the subject of compilers yes last and, time in 2009 yes I like him he's got a nice Oops. Irish accent hmm well, then he should be very pleasing to the ears. He will be next very pleasing podcast. to the ears if you're the kind of per- if you like that kind of kind of educated Irish English kind of wonderful m- mushed up. I decline the invite to come back next week. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you what, which what, invite are we talking invite? about? <laughs> is this is this over? Can we turn this off? Yeah, please. Anyways, thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you Bye. next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye, David. Oof. All right. What didn't we talk about? That was a good podcast. We actually had.